Hello, hello, and welcome to this week's show. We are talking all about relationship building with our current and potential customers this week on the Second Act Entrepreneur Show. Now, so many people struggle with this relationship building and creating conversation and turning strangers basically into customers. And often a lot of times we'll launch a new product, a new service or an online program. And then we have a bunch of people who just said no. And so this episode is really to help guide you and give you some tips on turning more of those no's into yeses. And more importantly, turning a lot of those people that did say yes into people that say yes again. And so if you're ready to start building real authentic and clear relationships with people that you don't even know or that don't know you, this is the episode for you. So without further ado, let's dive into this week's episode and make sure you grab a pen and paper and um, something to take some notes. Or if you're out and about and you can't take the notes, you can always head on over to alisaconnor.com forward slash 152 for episode 152 to grab the notes for this episode. So let's dive in so that we can start building more relationships with our future and potential customers. Hey there, I'm Elisa Connor, ex-corporate marketer turned entrepreneur. And along the way, I made all the mistakes just so you don't have to. Chances are you have a pretty full career. You've got experience, expertise, and probably a whole lot of education. The problem is, people can't find you. This is why each week on the Second Act Entrepreneur Show, we feature expert education, marketing insights, and mindset shifts that are going to help you create a profitable business so you can secure your legacy, ensuring that you thrive not only in your first career, but also your second act. Welcome to the Second Act Entrepreneur Show. One of the things I hear most often from clients and um, people that become before they become clients is, I just don't have time to email. I don't have time to email my list every single week. I don't know what to put in the emails. I stare at my computer and it's just looking at a blank screen. I don't know what to put in the email. I'm not creative. I don't know how to write very well. All of these things can be answered with my brand new resource called 365 email prompts. This was created with you in mind. Those people who struggle with what to write, don't know how to show up in the inbox, and really don't know what to say to keep the relationship building going. These were written with you in mind. Every month is a new category. And within every category are 30 to 31 prompts for you to choose from. And there's even check boxes next to the prompts so you know the ones that you've used. Now, does it mean you have to send an email every single day? Absolutely not. That would be, <laughs> that would be really, really difficult even for the pros that are in the email marketing world. But what it does give you is the opportunity to jump between months to mix up your email marketing so that you can have a new topic idea, a new way to get in front of your audience, a new way to start a conversation. And because the prompts are uh, created by month, you could take the whole month of January and do that month for the next however many days you decided to send out an email. So if it was once a week, well, you would have 30 weeks worth of emails just with that one month. And so this email prompt guide resource um, could ultimately give you multiple years worth of email topics if you only emailed once a week. Now, if you decided to up it and go twice a week, obviously you, you would go through those prompts a little bit 
quicker, but the prompts are there for you to reuse again. So it's limitless what you can do with this email prompt resource. You can find your copy over at alisaconnor.com forward slash email prompts. If you're ready to take charge of your email marketing, stop staring at a blank screen and finally be consistent with your email marketing, go get yourself a copy, alisaconnor.com forward slash email prompts. And I will see you in the inbox. So maybe you've tried this relationship building thing before, and you may have experienced like being ignored or having people not respond to things or not getting traction on your posts or um, just plain out like having nobody pay attention to you. And you, my friend, are not alone. We are in a really interesting time. Um, Post COVID, we're about, oh, I don't know, I would say nine months out, maybe a little bit closer to a year from being on complete lockdown. And let's face it, like COVID threw everybody for a loop. But what is happening now in the world of marketing and relationships and communication has actually been coming for a long time since the introduction to Facebook. And that was in 2009. So we're looking at 12 years of being basically positioned by social media to not have in-person conversations. And so if you're not getting traction and people are ignoring you, this episode is for you. Let's do a little bit of a history lesson. Besides talking about social media and how it's changing the way that we interact with people and changing the way human relationships happen. um, I think it's so interesting. So I have three Gen Z kids. These kids have not known anything different than to be raised with Facebook and social media. And so my older son is in the process of he's in college and he, I was asking about dating. He had, he's had a fairly serious relationship. And um, when that ended, he was a little bit put off by um, future relationships, but even more so after having this conversation with him, he's like, yeah, we just um, communicate via, via Snapchat. Like that's their dating app is like they go, they might be on dating apps, but really it's Snapchat. And that, that's how they converse. And I was like, well, how do you even know somebody if all you do is talk on Snapchat? Well, what's dangerous about that is that people are willing to share more intimate information in an environment that there's no guidelines or rules, I should say. Like you wouldn't, for example, <laughs> go to a public place and just take your shirt off. But these are the things that are happening on these social media apps. And so not to get into a lecture of how to parent your kids or not parent your kids, like that's not what this is about, but it is giving us a very clear perspective of how relationships and communication and kind of the do's and don'ts are happening in our society, whether we're aware of it or participating or not. And so when we're looking at like building our business, for example, and if you're coming out of a a corporate career um, or a career that, you know, has been a long term gig for you, you may not even have the awareness of what marketing looked like before social media and pre-COVID, but you definitely should be aware of it now because if you're having some frustrations, it could be due to the current mindset around social media and being um, engaged with on social media and also with advertising and email and all those different things. And so a lot of what happened with the marketing community, and I'm going to just throw marketers under the bus for a minute, 
um, not all marketers, but a bunch of marketers just took it upon themselves to just randomly approach people on social media and pitch their offers. And so it has happened so much and it continues to happen um, because people are actually teaching people to do this, which please don't do this, um, that we have become almost immune to it. And so when it happens, we're just like, oh, another spam and we throw it away. We don't pay it any, pay it any attention. Well, the problem is, is if you have somebody that's actually trying to reach out to you to create a connection and create a conversation with you, those get thrown into the heap of spam and garbage. And so it's getting harder and harder to get traction with the people you want to get in front of and get um, conversations started only because we have this stigma to overcome. So it doesn't mean though, it can't be overcome and that um, you can't get traction with what you're trying to do. So that's what this episode is all about. And as you know, email marketing is one of the best ways to do that. So if you're not using email marketing, highly recommend that you jump over and grab um, one of my email marketing resources. I will have them linked below this episode in the show notes. And then um, start growing your email list and emailing them regularly because the more often you're in front of them, the more they're going to find that you are the real deal and that you do want to create a relationship with them. So let's dive in to this week's tips. So the first one is, um, may seem counterintuitive as a business owner, and that's to listen more and talk less. And why is that counterintuitive? Well, as a business owner, you may be thinking, but I have this thing and I need to tell them about it because otherwise I won't sell anything. Well, by having that thought process, you're actually kicking yourself in the behind because more often than not, we think people are ready to hear about our current offer, our current um, free download, whatever it might be, but they may not be in the mind or the headspace for that yet. So does this mean you never pitch your offer? No, absolutely not. But there is a fine line and I wish I could just say, this is the line, don't cross it. But unfortunately that's not the case. The case is that every person is an individual. Every person is a human. And when we treat them as such, we are more likely to gain their trust and build that relationship. Now, it doesn't mean every person that you're going to build a relationship with is going to turn into a customer. No, but does it significantly increase the likelihood that people that you build relationships with will become customers? Absolutely. And so when we shut our pie holes, for lack of a better term, and we listen to what people are saying to us, we can do a lot of different things um, that are going to help us in the long run, whether those people become customers or not. And the first is, is that we are going to stop creating things that people don't want. I cannot even tell you, um, and I am 100% guilty, like in this crowd, but I have also worked with many people um, that have spent hours days, months, weeks, even years creating online courses or content of some sort that nobody buys, nobody's interested in, and that never goes anywhere. And it is so frustrating as a consultant and somebody that's in marketing, not only to have this happen to me, which is why I can talk about it, I can tell you, please don't do this because it's so frustrating to just put it out there and you're so excited about this new project and this new opportunity to help people and you really are coming from like a good hearted place of creating something that you know is going to help people and then have nobody buy it. 
And that is because we often um, superimpose what we know we think people need onto what they actually want. And when we superimpose our thoughts, our beliefs, our knowledge and all of those things onto them, they don't buy. And that is so frustrating. Whereas if we would just zip it and listen and really hear what they're saying, you may not even have to reinvent the product or the project or the content, but the way you approach it and the way you talk about it will change. And so more than anything, listening more than you can talk um, is going to save you time. It's going to save you energy. It's going to save you money because you're not putting things out there that people are not interested in. So by listening more than you talk, you're going to gain immeasurable insights into your customers, into what they want, into what their problems are. And there's no more guesswork because a lot of times we're coming from the perspective of, oh, I have all this knowledge I want to share and um, we are ready to share it, but they're not ready to receive it. And they may not even know what they need yet. And so when you start ramming your solution down their throat, they're just like, back off, dude, I am not ready. I don't even know what you're talking about. I'm not interested. And you've, you've shut the door. Whereas if you start listening and you start hearing what they're saying, you can move them down the path to wanting what you need. And so if you look at the example of, um, I love the example of going to the mall. I don't know the last time you've been to the mall, but um, malls are very different now, especially after COVID and the stores are really different. Um, And one of the things that I find really interesting is that even though there's a lack of employees, the employees that they have are super customer focused. So finally, they have like clued into customer service being really, really important and not every store, but it just seems like on the whole things are shifting and that customer experience is becoming more and more important, which is, you know, how it should be because people have a lot of options now. They don't have to go to the mall. However, the people with the lotion samples have not been clued in to customer service and listening to their customers. Now I know you know who I mean. It's the guys that have, and gals, I mean, the other day it was a gal, who have those little samples and they like, just like shove them in your face. And you're like, I don't want your freaking sample. Like get out of my face. I'm for sure not going to buy it. And you're trying to veer to the other side of the mall just to avoid them. Like we don't want to be that person. And that can so easily happen on social media. Like you don't want to be a sample pusher. And you know, there's other examples you can, you can throw out there. Like regularly I get on social media no less than five requests from people who are either in my industry and have nothing that can like complement what I do or are wanting to pitch something. As of late, it's virtual assistants. Like I get at least three virtual assistant pitches a week. And I'm like, I'm not looking for a virtual assistant. And even if I was, I would probably not come to you because I have other resources or referrals or people that um, have been recommended that I would go to first. And it just, it feels gross. And if you aren't even aware that somebody like, for example, I'm not in the market for a virtual assistant right now. (laughs) Like, so why are you pummeling me with requests when you haven't even asked me, hey, do you need a virtual assistant? And so thinking about those simple examples, when we're talking to our customers and we're creating our offers, we're creating the things that we wanna put in front of them is really gonna help is going to help you in the long run. And 
continuing to take into consideration where they are in the journey, because you have, I've used this um, statistic many, many times. So if you've heard it, it's just a good reminder. And if you haven't heard it, then this could be brand new to you. But only 3% or less of people are actually ready to buy when they come across your brand. They've done the research, they know what they're looking for, they know that they're ready to purchase, and they are just in the decision-making stage. Less than 3%. So out of 100 people, that's three or less people. And so when you create marketing that only talks to those people, which is what most people do, is they create marketing that is only directed to the group of people that are ready to buy, then you're leaving the other 97% of people out in the cold. And they'll never move towards buying because all of your marketing is written for the 3%. And so when we listen and we hear, okay, these people aren't ready, but they're here. I I know that they're here because I've been in their spot. And you start creating content and offers and freebies and things like that for that group of people, or maybe the people that know just a little bit and you've got something to give them, the opportunity grows immensely that you're going to convert those other 97%. And even if you only converted 10%, let's just say, and that's the average 10% total, you would still have almost 10 people versus three. That's three times. So let's take advantage and talk to those other 97% of people like they're people. Um, And that just, that really gets me excited because the potential and the opportunity is so big and we're just leaving it there and we're not doing anything with it. But all of that stems from listening. And so that's tip number one is listening more than you talk. Now, number two is give what you receive. Um, I always refer to this as the golden rule. You know, do unto others as you would have done unto you, whether you follow that as a prescribed um, antidote for your life or not. It's just really good practice. And what that means is that, you know, if you wouldn't want to be bombarded by offers in your inbox or in your direct messages or on social media, then don't do that to other people because they don't want it either. It's just common sense. Like don't do what you wouldn't want done to you. COVID has done a lot of things in our society. And one of them is it's really made us less tolerant for bullshit. And this is why marketing is in many instances failing miserably because people are still trying to do the old things that they've always done and they're not working because people are more aware and they are less tolerant, and they can see through the bullshit. And that's the truth of the matter is like, if you've shown up before, and you're inauthentic, and you're trying to provide something that you are trying to kind of like slide under the table as an offer, it's not going to work. Because people can see through it. So a prime example for me is, um, I don't know how many of you get these messages, (laughs) seem to get all these crazy messages. But, um, and I'm sure if I'm getting them, you are too. That's why I share them. Um, But they go something like, you'll get a connection request or a friendship request, depending on what platform you're on. And it'll go something like, hey, how's business going? Hey, what's new in your world? And it's like they're fishing for information about 
you and what's going on. And, and, and one, they haven't earned the right to do that because you don't know them from Adam. And two, you can see right through it. Like nobody wants to be treated like that. And so don't do that because it's gross and yucky and nobody wants it. And people are aware and they're not going to put up with it and they don't want that. However, on the other hand of that, because people have been locked down for a long period of time and some are now choosing to stay at home and um, a lot of the the in-person events are starting to come back to life. Um, a lot of people are opting out of that, but there's also a big craving for connection, true, authentic connection. And so if you can be the person that offers that connection and stay tuned till the, for the bonus, cause I've got some bonus tips on how to actually do that right at the end of this episode. But, um, you know, tuning into how to connect to people and, being authentic in that connection and really trying to create conversation and create relationships and friendships and business um, collaborations is really a quick way to alleviate alleviate loneliness, but also build your business. Um, people are lonely and people humans since the beginning of time, since cavemen time, have a need to collaborate and be with people. They, they crave that. Even if you're an introvert, you still crave human connection. And there has been such a lack of connection because we've been separated from each other. And there's just something about, you know, you can have connection and you can build relationships online like this, but it's not the same as being with someone or actually engaging. And that's because a lot of times if you're not having like a Zoom conversation and there's people on both sides that are able to interact. It's just people talking at people. And so when you can have those conversations and you can connect with people like real humans, the likelihood that they're going to move forward and want to know about you and about what you can do for them and ultimately purchase increases substantially. And so here I have a few examples of how this has been done wrong. And um, one I, I told you about was the Instagram messages I get. But the other is like on the other foot is like when you reach out to people and you don't get a response or they take weeks to respond or they respond. I just had this happen twice in the last month. Um, I listen to a lot of podcasts. I'm sure you guys do too if you're tuning in to the podcast. And a lot of times I'll just send a note and say, hey, that was a really meaningful episode. It meant a lot. Thanks for bringing on so-and-so as a guest or whatever it is. And um, so I often will send a message, direct message, or usually not email. Most most podcasts don't have email readily available, but if they do, I'll send an email. Um, but I'll send a direct message on social media if I follow that person. And I have had this go both ways. One, I've had the actual person write back to me and say, hey, thanks so much. Really appreciate you tuning in. Thanks for the takeaway. Can you know? Sometimes it's like, hey, can we feature you as a is a positive review or whatever. And I'm like, yeah, absolutely. But as of late I had, and I know this person who I will not, who will remain unnamed. (laughs) Um, I don't think it was him who responded, but it came back with, Hey, thanks so much for listening to the show. By the way, I have a new book out, go buy it. And I was like, um, number one, no. Number two, work on your marketing. Like you're out in front of the world and you have lots of followers and this is how you're treating them. You're not going to have very many for long. 
And then the second time was actually, this was the kicker. So this was on LinkedIn. And I had somebody reach out and connect with me. And um, against my better judgment, I connected with them because it was a bigger name um, who created an online meeting app. We'll just leave it at that. And so whenever somebody connects with me, one, I normally won't connect with them if they don't send a message with their connection request. Like that's pretty much an absolute no. And number two, I'm more leery of certain message types. And this was one of those, like a message did come, but it was a little bit like sketch. I was a little wondering about like, okay, really? And rightfully so, because immediately I connected with them as like, Hey, thanks for connecting. How, you know, how do we know each other or how did you find me or something like that? And it immediately was written back with a response to something similar, like, Hey, we have a brand new program. Come check it out. And I was like, you're lame. Like I, I completely disconnected for them immediately. Cause I was like, one, it's probably not the real person. It's our marketing company. And two, they have no interest in building a relationship. And that's who I really want to be connected with. And so think about that. And then the last example I have for you, this happens all the time. Oh my gosh, it makes me crazy. Normally, if there's a guest on this show, it is because I have sought them out and I vetted them. And I really think it's something that is going to benefit you all um, in your business and in your life. And so, but I can't even tell you how many requests I get for uh, podcast guest appearances, like constantly. And I know this is something being taught, but they're not being taught correctly. And so if you choose to be considered as a guest on the show, there's a process you go through. There is a questionnaire. Um, I have some team members that we review the people that submit their applications and we choose whether or not they're going to be on the show. And oftentimes we will send them a note and say, Hey, you're not a good fit, but we'll be in touch or Hey, you're not a fit, good fit. Thanks for applying. Um, most people will try to direct message me or email me directly by somehow hunting down my email address, which is super annoying. And they just send me like, and it's mostly not the people, it's these um, speaker agencies that are trying to get people on the podcast. And they'll send me like a whole blurb about the person. They have not looked at anything about what this podcast is about. They don't know what we talk about. They haven't listened to any episodes. And it's very obvious. And they just like pitch their person. And I was like, delete. Because if you aren't going to take the time to learn about the podcast and listen to a few episodes, you haven't earned the right to be on the show. And so if you all are looking to get on podcasts and you're looking to be a guest on someone's podcast, the biggest piece of advice I can give you in building that relationship is go and listen to the show. Because if you don't listen to at least two or three episodes of that show, you haven't earned the right to be on the show. And it's as simple as that. You don't know who their audience is. You don't know what they talk about. You don't know the show, the show format. And it literally will take you less than an hour to do that. So if you can't invest that, you haven't earned the right to be on the show. And I have told people no for that simple reason, because they are in it for themselves and they're not in it for my audience. And so I'm very protective of you guys. And um, when people come on that are guests, they are picked explicitly because I know that they will provide value and they will be, they will give you guys nuggets you can walk away with. So number two, give what you want to receive. Don't be a douchebag wrapped into <laughs> tip number two. Tip number three is 
this is a good one. Uh, I hope you guys uh, will really take this one to heart, but pretend you're together with a person you want to connect with and turn into a customer in real life, in real life. Like if you can't meet with them face to face or you can't have a face to face meeting because you're trying to um, do it through your marketing efforts, pretend like you're talking to them in a real conversation. So the internet is a funny thing. And I have, for some reason, this has come up multiple times in the last month, particularly in the last couple of months. And um, I think it's been longer, but I just am more aware of it. But it's made us really brave because between us and the person we're talking to is just a, a computer screen. And so we may say things or do things that we normally wouldn't do. And that can be really detrimental, especially if you're trying to grow a business. Now I'm saying, you know, if you have things you believe in and you have things that you want to stand for, by all means, do those things because it will repel the people that don't agree with those things and attract the people that will. However, if you're just doing things in a bullying fashion to people, um, it's going to come back to bite you in the butt. And so instead of just pretending there is a computer screen between you and the people you want to work with, regardless of how you show up on personal social media or they're both intertwined is what I'm trying to tell you. It's like, if you post something personally and it's, you don't want your business people to see it, you are fooling yourself because they're going to go find it. And so rather than being brazen or rude or even, you know, in some instances unlawful or standing on your bravado, instead, imagine that person as a person. And I think a lot of the things that are happening in this country specifically could be avoided if we remembered that we're all human beings and we are all having different experiences. But when we can look at people as humans rather than just somebody who's not in agreement with us or somebody that is just a blip behind a computer screen, we start to realize that, oh yeah, we're all just humans doing the best we can. But more importantly in your business, when you're looking at people on the other side of the screen, when you're creating your social media posts, your emails, your upcoming promotions, your lead magnets, all of those things, is that you're taking into consideration where that person is at the moment. And you have two choices. You know, if you're face to face with somebody, say at a wedding or at a networking event, are you going to walk up and just like, be like, here's my business card. And there are totally those people like I have done all the networking things, including building my own networking events. And there are people that will come up and go, hey, I'm so and so here's my business card. And I'm just like, okay, and I take it and I throw it away. Because they have no interest in building a relationship. They just want to pitch their business card versus somebody who wants to have a conversation about, um, you know, what's going on in the industry, what's going on in business, what's going on with the internet, what's going on with COVID, what's going on with growth, what all of those things, or what's going on with you and your family. That's a totally different conversation. And a lot of times we just, we're in the um, hit and go mode. How many business cards can we hand out? How many people can you get in front of when in reality, when I used to tell people this, when they would come to networking events, if you can connect with three to four people, really have conversations with those people, you've done well. You've done well at that event. And we always, we're in this mindset and this mentality that more means better. 
And I want to take us back to like, you could have a thousand followers, but if none of those people ever buy from you, what do you really have? And the same goes for connecting with future customers. You could get in front of 15,000 people on your email list, but if you don't know those people, you don't know where they're at and you don't know them as actual individual humans, the chance that they're going to purchase from you is slim to none. And so numbers don't matter. You would be better off to have a hundred people on your list that you know are going to buy from you at some point or another, whether they're ready today or they're ready tomorrow, because those hundred people will more than likely not only buy from you once, but they'll keep buying from you because every time they pull out their credit card and say yes, and you deliver excellent service, the next time you have something, they're going to say Uh, not only yes, but hell yes. And here's my three friends that I brought with me. Now I know you guys um, have heard me. I wanted to give you an example of this. Um, There, so in my free time, one of the things I do is I make handmade cards. I really enjoy it. It gets my creativity out. It's something I've done for years. I, I can't even remember. I like did the math the other day and it was over 25 years but that I've been making handmade cards. And one of the people I follow in that industry, and there are multiple people and multiple companies that sell um, stamping products. However, um, there's a lady that I followed for about that time. So I think I started following her. She started doing videos in like 2009. But before that, before we even had the capability to do that, um, I was buying her purchases and I was seeing her stuff like on her blog and different things like that. But she has almost a cult following because one, she's done all the things on this list. She's authentic. She cares about people. She listens to her audience. And every single time that she has a new release, it sells out because it's not because she spends her whole life promoting it. There's anticipation building. Her community builds her anticipation. Um, they are, they step up in her Facebook group and answer questions so she doesn't have to. Um, and they are the people that are bringing in new people. And so now she's got, I can't even remember how many people are in the group since I joined, but she just started this Facebook community in during COVID and really started doing more live videos during COVID. And she is killing it. So not only does she have um, the ability to sell the products from her website that she comes up with and designs and, you know, and get those in front of people. But now she also has collaborations and she does classes with other um, creators and she does collaborations with other manufacturers. And so there is no end to where this goes, but what's always at the forefront for her is building relationships and commitment to her customers and ensuring that they are treated with the utmost respect, that they have excellent customer service, that if there's a problem, it's handled quickly, and that they're always given and receive what they were promised. And so um, I just want you to keep that in mind, really treating people the way you want to be treated and pretending like they're real people and not just a number is going to dramatically improve everything you do. And not only that, but it becomes easier because you don't have to pretend to be someone else. You can just be you, which is all you need to be. So I promised you a bonus. And I know this is a little bit of a longer episode, but I um, 
wanted to give you uh, three bonus tips on how to create deeper connections and conversations with not only your future customers, the leads we're talking about, but also your current customers. And the first is to find common ground. If you can find something that's in common between you and them, the likelihood that you're gonna build trust more quickly and connection more quickly increases dramatically. And I have a couple examples of this. So the first is, is I, um, last year, I'm a brand new golfer. I started golfing last year. I had not one lesson and I joined this golf league and I fell in love. I love it. So this year I took lessons and I'm a little better. Still not going to say I'm good, but I'm better. Um, and in our league, we often have substitutes. And so, cause not everybody can play it's summer. And then you've got people that, um, start school and there's just like things that come up. And so last night I played and um, one of the substitutes I had not met before. And it's like one just naturally, which will lead me to example number two, I immediately ask, you know, start asking questions like, what do you do? How are you? How did you find the league? You know, whatever it might be. And we had such a great connection. Um, Jackie and Jackie was the gal that I played with last night and we had such a great connection, but it was because I started asking those questions like, did you grow up in Denver? Where do you live now? What do you do? What do you like about it? What do you not like about it? That ultimately created a connection with her and made the evening more uh, memorable and more um, likely to turn into a longer term connection and relationship. Now, unbeknownst to me is that she's actually wanting to create some online programs and could potentially become a customer. But you never know when that's going to happen. And so preparing yourself by finding common ground um, is one of the quickest ways to create a memory. I always think of it like a record, a record player, like a groove in their memory about who you are. And they will remember you. So who was an excellent, um, who was really excellent at this was my dad. And that's where I learned it. And I don't talk a lot about my dad. Um, probably, so my dad passed away in 2014. And um, he, his position in life is he was trained as a union sheet metal worker. And then he worked his way up to become an international vice president for the uh, sheet metal workers union. And he did a lot of um, things during his lifetime without having a college education. And so um, he's one of my heroes and I, I don't talk about him enough. And I think part of that is because that was such a hard loss for me, but he was so good at this. He would <laughs> walk into a room and I remember, um, and now my kids, it's funny because now my kids say I do this. But we would walk in no matter where we were, we'd go out for dinner, we'd be at church, we'd be whatever. And at least three people would know my dad. And it was because whenever my dad met someone, he would try to find common ground with them. And I think part of it was that if he could create that own record groove in his own mind about who they were, he could remember who they were and then talk about um, something. He could figure out a way to have a conversation with those people. And most people won't take that effort. And so um, a couple of the other points that I'm going to give you for in this bonus are also directly correlated to things I learned from him. 
And the art of conversation is a dying art, but we have got to bring it back because people crave it. So even if you can do one of these and start doing it, not only in your marketing, but in your daily conversations and in the way you interact with people online or offline, you're going to see a big difference. So the second one, this may seem so simple, but for somebody that um, has a very unusual name, it makes all the difference. And that is address the person by name. And this does a a few things. One, the more you say their name, the more likely you're going to remember it. And in today's world, we're so distracted and we're so busy that often people can say their name and I find myself doing it. Like if I'm not paying attention and actually going, okay, what's their name? What's their name? What's their name? And putting it into my memory, I won't remember it. So it puts that again, a groove in your memory record of what their name is. But more importantly, if they have an unusual name or if you're in a group of people and you can remember their name, you're going to stand out especially if you say their name correctly, because they're, as my name is unusual, Elisa, I can't even tell you how many versions of that come out wrong. And it's because people are not willing to pay attention to how I say my name, even if I give them a really simple way to remember it, which is a singular Lisa, they still will get it wrong. And to me that goes, okay, they're not interested enough in knowing how to say my name correctly. They're not that interested in knowing who I am. And people will make that direct correlation, whether you remember their name or say it incorrectly or whatever it is, if you do it more than once. And it's just instantaneous. And so becoming aware of that and remembering their name and figuring out a way to remember that and remember uh, how to say it correctly, it will build trust, it will build deeper connection, and it will want, uh, develop a want to create longer conversations. And the last but not least is to gather and pay attention to details. And my dad was also a master at this. And it is uh, a little trickier in today's world, but I also have a bonus uh, to help you remember. And that is like when you're having a conversation with somebody or you, this is so much easier to do on social media. um, When you're connecting with someone, if you can gather a detail about them and why I say it's easier on social media is that people like to post about things they like about uh, or that they like. And so, for example, you may be really interested in connecting with someone and I'll, I'll use a, a personal example. I may be interested in connecting with someone and if I find out they have twins, we immediately have a bond because twin moms, there's nothing like being a twin mom. I'm telling you right now. And so if I know they have twins, that could even be a reason I reach out to somebody and say, hey, I'm a twin mom too. Did you ever have this blankety blank experience? And immediately they'll be like, oh my gosh, yes, blah, blah, blah. This is what I did. And so that little detail opens the conversation. And so any of those details that you can gather, whether you're asking questions or you can gather on social media are going to help you start to build those relationships. Does it take time? Yes. Does it take effort? Yes. Is it worth it? Yes. And then my not so secret tip is that anytime you gather those little tidbits of information and you're going to have an ongoing conversation with those people, put it in your CRM. Like Joni Cunningham has twins. I just totally pulled that out. You're welcome for those Happy Days fans. Um... But, you know, tracking those, and does that mean you can do it every time? No, but anytime you can think about it and you can put it in your CRM, 
and you can pull that up the next time you have a conversation, it's going to be easier for you to remember whatever it was um, or jog your memory before you talk to that person. And continue to gather details about them. Now, does it mean you're like collecting intel? No, it just it's making you a human being interested in, in another human being. And my dad could easily do that. Like, I don't know how he kept it all in his brain. I totally cannot. But we'd be in a conversation and he would, you know, whether it was the person's name or something that clicked, he he would remember, oh, they have three kids or they have, he did this job with me or whatever it was, he could somehow click that memory together and pull out the most random things. And those people walked away and they, they had felt heard and they had felt like they mattered. And that is what the world I think is missing most of all, is the connection and feeling like they matter. And when you can have somebody feel like they matter to you, like you are, they are important to you, you've got them not only paying attention, but you have them pulling out their credit card and purchasing again and again. Thanks so much for tuning in this week. I hope that you pulled at least one or two nuggets from this episode that you can put into action right away. I appreciate you showing up every single week. You mean the world to me. If you've enjoyed this episode and you think it would be inspirational to somebody else, I would love for you to share it on your favorite podcast podcast platform, Spotify, Google Play. It's not Google Play anymore, but Google, whatever they changed it to, iTunes. Or you can go over to YouTube and share the video. So thanks for tuning in. Next week, we will have a brand new episode. I will see you then. In the meantime, take care, stay well and be safe. Did you miss something during the podcast? Maybe forgot to take notes? No worries, we've taken all the notes for you. All the resources, links, and information in this episode you can find over at alisaconner.com forward slash podcast. That's A-L-I-S-A-C-O-N-N-E-R.com forward slash podcast.